0: Feels to be friends.
1: To stretch forth your hands to heal. Verse 31. I'm almost done. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. When they had prayed, the place was shaken. Where they were assembled together. Watch. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't get mad at the next part. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Note what it didn't say. Now, let me say this. I have a prayer language. I believe in the manifestations of tongues. But here's something that has happened. Because when God moved in previous generations to restore the reality of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, many people, second, third generation, began to package the baptism of the Holy Ghost Attach it to a tongue And say this is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. No, the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost is that you love Jesus. The evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost is that you walk in power. The evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost is that you're overcoming sin in your life. That's the evidence of the Holy Ghost. That's the evidence that you're walking in obedience to God. That's the evidence. I know a whole lot of folk speak in tongues and have absolutely no victory in their life. I know many people who speak in tongues and 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 can't buy, they can't bind a headache, more or less bind the devil, right? But what has happened is because that's what God did at Azusa Street. Y'all stay with me. That's how God moved at Azusa Street. That is how God moved in succeeding generations. And now that's all we're talking about is getting filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues. No, this group, they prayed for boldness. And what happened? What happened? It says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, granted that this same group experienced the baptism on the day of Pentecost. So they probably did have a prayer language. But the emphasis here is not speaking in tongues again. The emphasis is what we need is we need the Holy Ghost and power because we've got to preach the word of God in power. So we need to be able to speak the word of God with boldness, not speak the word of God in another tongue. See, and that's part of the thing. You know, everybody wants the yabba dabba do, but nobody can speak the word of God with boldness. that where it can bring conviction to the heart of men and women about the resurrected Lord Jesus. But it makes people seem like, makes us seem like we real spiritual, right? People speaking in the same tongue they pre- they spoke in 15 years ago, right? Talking about God doing a new thing. Well, then God needs to give some of us a new prayer language. I'm just saying, folk. I'm just saying, right? Let me keep going. Now, watch this. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, and neither did any of them say that anything that they possessed was their own. Now, y'all stand tight. Y'all, y'all stand tight. Y'all stand tight. It's getting ready to get tight. This is why I say, can we really stand in the move of God? We're going to look at the move of God which they possessed was his own, but they all had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Verse 33 again. And with great power gave the apostles witness. And with great power gave the apostles witness. I got to read it again. And with great power power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. What was the message of the apostles? It was the resurrection of Jesus. What is significant about the resurrection of Jesus? It's the fact He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon him, and by by his stripes we are healed. What's the significance of the resurrection? By one man, sin came into the world, and death by sin, even so, came the resurrection of the dead by one man. What's the significance of the resurrection? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but are all freely justified by the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Through Adam, sin came into the world and all died. But through the resurrection of Jesus, the power of sin, sickness, and disease has been broken. And now all men can receive the newness of life in Christ Jesus. So again, Jesus was the central message of of the apostolic witness, and with great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of Jesus. The the apostolic witness, folk, is not about how to set a network to catch your city. That's not the apostolic witness. The apostolic witness is Jesus. That's the apostolic witness. Jesus must be central. (laughs) Jesus must be central. Jesus must remain central we're talking about a move of God can we stand in the move of God because during this move of God that we're experiencing right now guess what Jesus is taking his rightful place back in the preaching not just of the apostle the prophet the evangelist pastor and teacher but in the witness of the believer no longer is the witness of the believer come to my church so you can get healed See, God is moving by his spirit so that the witness of the believer is let me lay hands on you so God can heal you. The witness of the believer is taking place on the job, in the city, in the church, in the hospital. See, this is the move of God. But we want a move of God like the one that happened yesterday. So when we say God is going to send revival, God's going to send a great move. God's moving all around us, beloved. The question is, do we recognize it? Now, here we go. Neither was there any among them that lacked. Uh Uh-oh. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. And what did they do? They laid them down. Mm-mm. At the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surn- surnamed Barnabas, son of consolation, and Levite, having land, sold it, brought the money at the apostles' feet. What is the first thing as God began to continue to move among the early believers? What's the first thing that God begins to point out about the community of believers? their unity, their oneness. And so what became challenged in this community? Don't get nervous. The first thing the father started dealing with was materialism in the body of Christ. To let them know the things that you have, it ain't your own. Y'all supposed to have everything common. There should be no lack among any of you all. I'm prospering you. I'm blessing you so you can be a blessing to somebody else. I'm not blessing you so that people can look at you and think about how blessed you are, how anointed you are, how much glory and anointing you have, how much faith you have so you can speak all of this stuff into being. No, 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 no. God said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's not the way this works. You are one people. (laughs) Okay? I'm going to bless you. To make you a blessing. So the first thing God begins to deal with in this particular time here was the materialism of the believers. And I submit to you, this is something that is being addressed in the body of Christ today during this move of God. Is our misunderstanding about prosperity. Hear me. I'm asking the question Can we stand in the move of God? Because God is moving, but God is also addressing the imbalance of the prosperity message. I didn't say God doesn't want us to prosper. I'm saying the prosperity message has gotten out of balance and God's going to address it. All right. Let me keep going. I'm not going to read the whole chapter of of Ananias and Sapphira. Y'all know the story. Folks start selling this stuff and bringing it and laying it at the apostles' feet. But there was this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, and they sold the house. And the apostles said, well, did you sell it for X, Y, and Z? They said, yeah, that's how much we sold it for. Long story short, they lied to the Holy Ghost. And what happened? Bam, they drop dead. And so his wife comes in. And so the apostle asked her the same thing. He said, hey, look, he said, "Uh, how is it that you have agreed together? Verse nine of Acts five and nine. How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried your husband are at the door and they're going to carry you out. And so she fell down straightway at his feet, yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband and great fear. Now note this verse, note this verse. watch this now, note this verse. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. What is taking place? They are getting... They are getting an instant demonstration of the holiness of God in their midst. They thought they were lying to the apostles. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. Pam, you just hit it. They got instant respect and honor for the Lord. What they understood was this. This God that we serve is not to be trifled with. This God that we serve is to be respected. This God that we serve is to be honored. This God that we serve is to be reverenced. And those who his anointing is upon need to be honored. Right? They got instant honor and instant respect. <laughs> okay? Okay. And this is something that we have lost in the body of Christ today. But during this move of God, it's being restored. Um, And and I keep saying during this move of God is being restored because I'm working back to what, you know, to what uh, Gamael had to tell the Sanhedrin. Because God is moving, beloved, and many people are misinterpreting what's taking place because they really don't understand it's a move of God. People, you know, people just think some of us just get on here because we don't have nothing better to do. (laughs) Right. You know, you know, some people just think people, you know, people stand up and declare the word of God because they don't have nothing else to do. Right. On contraire, my friend. Right. They don't understand that that there are people who have been prepared by God. There are people who have gone through the furnace. There are people who have paid the price. There are people who God has had in the wilderness. There are people who God has, has had in the backwoods. There are people who have been on the mountain and then down in the valley. There are people that God is bringing forth in this hour that really do have the word of the Lord. I'm, I, I mean, I'm serious, folk. Men, women, boys, girls, black, white, Hispanic, rich, rich, poor American African Asian you name it all languages tribes tongues and people but God really does have people that he has given his word and people don't understand what's going on and they think that those people are just being judgmental and hard it's not God is moving and he's setting the body in order He's setting the body in order. He has given them a spirit of boldness. They're speaking the word in boldness. God is confirming the word. These people are walking in real revelation, true revelation. I'm talking revelation of the word of God. I'm not talking about some of the other stuff. I'm talking about people that are actually opening up the plan and the purpose of God. How are they able to do it? Because we are in the move of God. It's not coming. It's here. You all understand what I'm saying? The move isn't coming, it's here. Mm. So what happened after this thing about the reverence and the fear of God came back, right? Imagine what would happen. Imagine what would happen if 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 God was moving in some in some spaces. I think I talked about this before. God is moving in some spaces. Even on social media and people come in with the disrespect and the irreverence from from God and there's an immediate manifestation. God moves immediately and silences those voices. Do you think people would stop playing with God then? But see, we've forgotten this is an aspect of the God that we serve. We've become much too chummy with God. God is my best friend. God's my best friend. Yeah, me and Jesus, we just, you know, we just chummy. And we've lost the reverence and the fear. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We have lost the reverence and the fear for the Lord's anointed. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. All right. So she fell down. Verse 11. Watch what happens. Then great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. You know, if you go back, if you go back and you really read some church history. If you go back and you ain't got to go that far. You ain't got to go back that far. Right. You can go back. and Just start reading out of Zeus's street. Right you you know you can go back and start reading about what happened when God restored the Anabaptists, right? You can start reading of what happened when God really moved uh, among the Presbyterians, when God moved upon the Episcopalians. Just read some of these things that happened during these moves of God before men turned them into monuments. Read what happened. Read about the reverence and the awe That was in those meetings. Read about how people would rush to the altar in tears, crying out for mercy, crying out for deliverance because of the awesome presence of God. We, you know, we think because we get goosebumps nowadays, God's present or somebody get a tongue on one side of the building and somebody on the other side interpret it. Right. At just the right time in the service, we think we've, we've we've had an encounter with God. No, when the presence of God shows up, you know that you're standing on holy ground. You know that you're standing on holy ground. You know. You go into your private prayer time. You know when you're in the presence of God. And all you can do is weep. You you don't know what to say. More or less start trying to command God what he's going to do. All you can do is sit in his presence and wait for him to speak. You understand what I'm saying? You wait for God to speak. You wait for God to speak. You can't say anything. Right? Other than help me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Great fear fell. Came upon the church. Verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles. Watch this. This is something else that that, that we're going to start seeing demonstrated during this move of God. This is why I ask the question, can we stand in the move of God? Because we're going to start seeing this. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest did no man join himself to them, but the people... Magnified them, and believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets. they weren't trying to get the folk in the church, they brought them forth in the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by, my God might overshadow some of them, and there came also a multitude out of the cities. Round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folk and them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Folk were very cautious, stay with me, about trying to join themselves to the apostles. (laughs) Let me read it. Let me go back up again, because y'all think I made it up. Verse 12. By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Right? Right? And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest did no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. People were very careful before they start claiming to be an apostle. <laughs> okay. They, they, why? Why? Because people had some degree of regard and respect for the ministry. We've lost that today. We've lost A healthy respect. I'm not talking about a worship of. I'm talking about a healthy respect for the ministry. And many times we really can't fault people that they don't have a healthy respect for the ministry. Because of the lapses in judgment and character that exist in so much of what we call ministry. But in this move of God, what's going to count in our lives is character. It's going to be character. Right. And so before people are so quick to take a title unto themselves, they're going to think twice about it. They're going to think twice about it just because nowadays it's just real easy. It's 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 just real easy. Right. It's real easy. It's just it's just too easy. And I tell you, you know, and, and, and I've seen it here on, on Periscope and I don't call names. I don't call names. But I saw somebody go from a pastor to a prophet to an apostle in a year. He <laughs> was a pastor. Then he was a prophet. Now he's an apostle. In a year. In a year. But what did this say? Great fear came upon all the church. That's why you just need to be comfortable with whatever function God called you into and just function in your function you don't need the title i mean if god tells you to use it use it right but just know what god has called you to do god will demonstrate what you are oh yes he will god will confirm his word he, he really will whatever you are god will confirm it <laughs> so you just function in it right you just function in it and of the rest did no man joined himself but the people magnified them. And here's the end result. And the believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes of men and women, because that's the ultimate end of any revival. That's the ultimate result of any reform. That's the ultimate result of any move of restoration. Men and women are brought to the Lord. The sick are healed. Demons are cast out. That's the end result of why God moves. It's about souls. Why? Because Jesus wants as many folk brought into the ark as possible before he comes. Listen, folk, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And we've got a message to deliver to the world before he comes. That's what the move of God is for. It's not to build our church. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, what was the result of all of this? I'm about done. They went back to jail. (laughs) Verse 17. High priest rose up and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Syracese, what happened? They were filled with indignation and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. See, I think that would stop some of us from grabbing hold of titles, too, is when we realize that what we think being an apostle, prophet evangelist, pastor and teacher is, it's not that. We've been watching too much TV. We've been watching the preachers of L.A. for too long. We've been watching the televangelists for too long. See, we haven't read enough in the text about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We don't know that the apostles and the prophets were never invited into town. They were generally driven out by stones. They were, they were the martyrs. They were the ones who suffered. They're the ones that endured hardship for the other believers. See, we go first That's why we are called leaders. We're not called leaders so people can serve us. We're called leaders so we can encourage the heart of believers to know, hey, if Jesus could walk through it, you can do it. And because I am a leader, I'm going to go first. I'm going to be the first one to pick up my cross. What's the significance of picking up a cross? When Jesus told them pick up your cross and follow me. Where did Jesus go when he picked up his cross? He picked up his cross to do what? To die. He picked up his cross to be what? Rejected. He picked up his cross to do what? To go to the cross. Why? Because it's only through the power of going through death that he could attain to the resurrection of the dead. The only way men and women can understand and come into a reality of what it really means to walk in the resurrection, lo- the resurrected life of Christ, we've got to die, beloved. We've got to die. Christianity isn't a sacred makeover. Christianity is not a sacred makeover. Christianity, following Jesus, is a call to carry the cross so that we could die, so that the life of Christ might be manifested in us. This is what the move of God is about nowadays. It's restoring the understanding of the God that created the heavens and the earth. It's restoring the reality of the place Jesus holds in the message and the kingdom of God. It's restoring a true understanding of the unity of the body. It's dealing with the materialism that takes place in the church. It's dealing with restoring the honor and the reverence and the sacredness of the presence of God. It's about seeing men and women born again into the kingdom of God. People being healed, set free, and delivered. What's the end result? The religious order is going to come after the body. That's the end result. It never fails. It never fails. And that's where Gamael comes in. He had to tell the religious order, y'all better be careful how you deal with these men. You better be careful of what you're calling. Heresy. You better be careful about what you're calling false doctrine. You better be careful about who you're calling a false prophet, who you're calling a false teacher. You better be careful about who you're calling because it doesn't line up with your tradition because God is moving and God is moving in some interesting ways. Nowadays, God is using whomsoever he chooses to use, but the message stays the same. The message stays the same. Amen. So I hope that you were able to glean something out of this. I thought that I was going to be able to get into the image of the beast tonight, but the father really, really dealt with me about talking about this move of God. Can you stand in this move of God? Folks, god's not sending a revival it's here the revival hallelujah it's here the revival it's here it's here it's here hallelujah hallelujah let me pray for you father we thank you